This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello, and welcome to Line Dance Podcast on Move Radio with Christopher Gonzalez and... Megan Barcelia. Yeah. Today we will be jump-starting our thinking yet again, and the book we are drawing our inspirations from is Jumpstart Your Thinking by John C. Maxwell, A 90-Day Improvement Plan. We started looking through the pages of this book in January, so in theory we should be finishing day 90, oh, end of March or so. The date is currently March 22nd. We're about to start day 31. So. little behind, but that's okay. A little behind. There's nothing wrong with a little behind. (laughs) Getting right into it. The real path to greatness, it turns out, requires simplicity and diligence. It requires clarity, not instant illumination. It demands each of us to focus on what is vital and to eliminate all of the extraneous distractions. Jim Collins Long dramatic pause. Once you have a handle on what you should be thinking about, you must decide how to better focus on it. Start by removing distractions. How do you do it? First, by maintaining the discipline of practicing your priorities. Don't do easy things first, or hard things first, or urgent things first. Do first things first the activities that give you the highest return. In that way, you keep the distractions to a minimum. Second, insulate yourself from distractions. I found that I need blocks of time to think without interruptions. I've mastered the art of making myself unavailable when necessary and going off to my thinking place so that I can work without interruptions. However, I am always aware of the tension between my need to remain accessible to others as a leader and my need to withdraw from them to think. My advice to you is to place value on and give attention to both. If you naturally withdraw, make sure to get out among people more often. If you're always on the go, remove yourself periodically and you can unleash the potential of focused thinking. And wherever you are, be there. Also schedule a good block of time to think once a week. Put it on your calendar and treat it as you would any important appointment. Thoughts from the Megan? It's actually interesting that this is the first topic to come up when I was speaking with a friend of ours last night, Keith. And I was saying how my schedule lately has been so much of the go, go, go fashion that I don't, people ask me like what I've been up to and how I've been. I was like, I consciously cannot recall without pulling out my planner what I've done. And he had recommended me to take a couple days just to spend to myself and think about things and, you know, just make sure that like my priorities are where they're supposed to be for me and he recommended like just making myself unavailable to everyone including like my work and just or do minimal work just so that I can really just take time and think and process so I find that interesting that this is the first thing to come up Um, other than that I don't I don't know if I've had a chance to really reflect on it yet Um, I do know that like We've talked about thinking places or having a spot where you feel safe um, without interruptions, with, you know, stuff like that. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure if I have much more to add. What about you? Well, this actually came up somewhat recently. We, in the last few weeks, have been working on dances that we're entering into the finals at Boston Showdown, which is coming up in two weeks. And the other night, I was working on a beginner dance because this song has just, for whatever reason, I mean, I had it on a mixed CD probably nine years ago, 
And recently, I like played it once or twice. Uh, oh yeah, I remember this. Mm, that's kind of a weird thing that happens in there, but I mean, the chorus is really good. So then I kept playing the song, and now even the parts that I thought were weird don't really bother me. They're kind of catchy in a weird way. So when I finally had just a moment to... I mean, I was playing it in the car on loop until I got home, and when I had a moment to go in my room and just kind of play with it on my feet, I I turned off the lights, and I couldn't really see anything very clearly except like the floor and like furniture around me. Uh, I tipped the bed up sideways to give myself a little bit more dance floor. And I had headphones in, so I couldn't really hear anything but the music. I think that helped with iterating steps on different walls and seeing what kind of things came naturally and what felt the best. And then when I when I used a bigger floor, being the garage, uh, I did something similar. I left the lights off, and I had my headphones in, and I was testing out the steps that I was doing in my room, but on a garage floor instead and just focusing on how does my body feel when I do this versus when I do this other thing that I was thinking about. And if I just zone out for a bit and then notice my body again, what, what does it do? Like, does it go into the first variation or the second variation? What does it want to do? Do I ever feel like I'm fighting something when I choose one thing versus another? And just having that time and environment and mind space to not have any distractions, but allow me to connect completely with my body and the music, I think that really helped get a lot of productive, if you want to call it that, creative uh, choreographic time in versus multitasking it with five other things that are going on that day and then saying, oh yeah, this would be kind of a cute step. Let me try that and blah, 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 blah. And only do it like once or twice and then say, oh, well, I, I don't think I like it because the two times I did it on this carpeted floor in like the library or something, it didn't feel right. But if you if you put more time into it that's just directly focused on it, I think you'll get uh, a better... Uh, better readout of what's really going on in your body to that song. Moving on. Day 32. Concentration is the secret of strength in politics, in war, in trade, in short, in all management of human affairs. Ralph Waldo Emerson. To better focus on what you should think about, make time for focused thinking. Because of the fast pace of our culture, people tend to multitask. But switching from task to task can cost you up to 40% efficiency. Focus on one task at a time and reserve your best thinking time and energies on your number one priority. Put non-productive time wasters on hold so that you can create thinking time for yourself. Another way to help you concentrate on the things that matter is to keep items of focus before you. One way I do it is to ask my assistant, Linda Eggers, to keep high priorities in front of me. If an item needs attention or a decision, yet has not landed, I ask her to keep bringing it up, asking me about it, giving me additional information in reference to it. If I'm working on a presentation or the outline for a book, I'll keep a file or a page on my desk so that I see it every day as I work. That strategy has successfully helped me for 40 years to stimulate and sharpen ideas. Create visual reminders about the items currently on your plate that are the most important and put them where you will see them every day to jog your thinking. First thought that comes to mind for me, looking around my room, is that everything's in front of me and everything seems important and thus everything gets lost in the camouflage of it all being right in front of me and it's easy for me to forget which one is supposed to be number one. Um, for me, there's actually, so I'm currently reading a book for my book club called You're a Badass. And she talks about, in this book about making vision boards. And so that's kind of what sparked 
the thought process here was that putting it in front of you so you can see it. And she talks about if you're not into um, vision boards, put sticky notes where you're going to see them. Write something on your mirror. Write something um, that you know you're going to you're going to pass every day so that it reminds you. Um, and I know several people who have had something like this work out very well for them. For me personally, um, I kind of had the opposite effect when I did my vision board. It didn't really help. It actually hindered because I felt like I should be there already. Whereas I have stuff up in my room right now that is like, there's a couple pictures of us at dance events. There's a couple of our awards. Um, I have, well, I used to have um, a, a picture with, like, just a small little picture frame that has, like, um, it's very similar to Darren's Dance to Express uh, kind of quote to it, uh, talking about how, you know, like, dance is an expression of life and it's an expression of yourself. So, dance in the rain or something like that as often as possible. Uh, and that's kind of what I do as well as I have, I use either my wine country line dance bag or my boogie till the cows come home bag that I purchased at events that I use daily. And that helps me to remember that I want to be involved in the line dance community and what I want to do, as well as, you know, I have my, my my line dance binder now. And I definitely use a planner that allows me to write down goals and says, like, the on top of each day, it says the top three things to focus on today. And then you'll also have, like, the schedule, and then you'll have your to-do list. And then at the bottom, it's like, and tonight I'm grateful for, and so generally speaking, I have, I do it the night before while I'm writing like what I'm grateful for, I will think about like what I want to work on tomorrow. And I just really reference my planner. That's kind of the closest thing I can say to having something that I look at daily. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I take time specifically to just think. I really like to do things. And having my Google Calendar allows me to remember what it is I'm doing that day. Uh, without that, it doesn't exist. Like, it's just this abstract thing. Like, oh, well, it it's this day, so maybe this is scheduled. But if it's not a routine thing that happens regularly, then I will forget and it'll blur in with everything else. Sometimes my to-do item is to make my to-do list and then that doesn't even happen. But just having it is better than nothing. I think with me though, and this happens I know with saved threads on Facebook and on Reddit and in bookmarks, if I bookmark it, it means I will never see it again. <laughs> it's something that's important enough to me to, to make me think, okay, I'm really going to want to take a closer look at this later, so I'm going to save it. But I never go back. And if I do, it's like once every three months, and the list is huge. And then probably whatever it was I was going to look at is irrelevant to anybody who might have read a comment that I would have left about it. Um, so I think what I need is to repeat the action every day, not just to make a list once and then look at the list every day, because I won't look at the list. I'll forget it's there. It'll end up recycled. Uh, However, if I create a new list every day and the same stuff carries over and I'm like, I'm tired of writing this on the list. This should be done by now. Then maybe something will happen or something will happen when I'm waiting to do something else and I'm procrastinating. So maybe creating visual um, reminders about the items currently on your plate that are most important. Maybe if you have your main thing that you're supposed to be doing and then all the little things that you're not supposed to be doing yet. If I have little reminders that those are supposed to happen, that might help. Oh, one thing I do that helps is I'll create obstacles for myself where I have to get through the thing 
um, in order to go do something else. So if I need to put something in the kitchen, I will put it in front of my bedroom door. I cannot leave the room without colliding with that thing. I have to get it out of the way and then it's in my hands and then it goes into the kitchen. So um, putting things on top of keys, putting things on top of phones, as long as you don't lose your phones, as long as you don't lose your keys, uh, that can help. You have to do something about whatever the thing is. Day 33. Until input, parentheses, thought, is linked to a goal, parentheses, purpose, there can be no intelligent accomplishment. Paul G. Thomas. To better focus on what you should think about, set goals. The mind will not focus until it has a clear objective or objectives. But the purpose of goals is to focus your attention and give you direction, not to identify a final destination. Your goals should be clear enough to be kept in focus, close enough to be achieved, helpful enough to change lives. Those guidelines will get you going. And to be sure, and be sure to write down your goals. If they're not written, I can almost guarantee that they're not focused enough. And if you really want to make sure they're focused, take the advice of David Belasco. If you can't write your idea on the back of my business card, you don't have a clear idea. Finally, the most accurate measure of whether you are making your, the best use of focused thinking is to question your progress. Ask yourself, is what I am doing getting me closer to my goals? Am I headed in a direction that helps me to fulfill my commitments, maintain my priorities, and realize my dreams? Dedicate this week's large block of thinking time to considering and writing down your current goals. Be sure they are aligned with your dreams. All very, very, very relevant stuff to conversations had last night. <laughs> Um, we were talking with some friends and stuff like this came up and I remember talking about how, um, and I've, I've said this a few times now, how much I want to teach and I just want to help people. And I know this is summing it up very shortly that if I can do something to help one person even in the smallest way I feel like my time here on earth has been spent correctly and so for me setting goals can get tricky but I kind of look at it as weird as this sounds kind of like a bucket list to smile at strangers or witness a miracle or be a miracle or um, do something for a complete stranger, something along those lines, um, allow me to make a difference in the long run. And when I'm more specific about like what it is that I'm doing for someone, then it's more easily achievable. Like for instance, if I, I've done things where I've, made a goal of for myself to tell five people today something nice or I've even done compliment five strangers I generally do it in a five kind of rule because of the fact that it takes some time to think about it and really get in the habit of doing something like that as well as this way I'm not saying like a hundred people because that's a lot of people and I'm not saying one person because I feel like that's almost cheating um, for me anyways. Whereas if I do five, that's something. Um, I know for me, I'm very aware of what my goals and dreams are right now. And they're everything from, like I've said, like doing something small for one person to uh, learning dances to becoming a better teacher to... Um, what else have I said? Oh, like certain events that I want to attend this year. Like that's a goal of mine and I'm doing what I can now with work to pick up shifts so that I can afford to take the time off later. So certain things like that where I started, okay, this is my goal. Now what can I do to, to take the necessary steps to achieve it? 
when it comes to teaching. I'm taking any opportunity I can to teach. That gets me the practice, that gets me the comfort, that gets me the experience. And if my goal is teaching, then that's what I need to be doing. So, Any thoughts from you? Kind of back to the choreography thing, especially with the uh, beginner dance. I know what it is I want to do in the first eight counts because I know how it feels. When I try to turn it into something more translatable and like easier to process but isn't those steps, it isn't what I want anymore. So it's tricky trying to find out how to write that down. Like, Because I know what I want but I don't know what to call it. I don't know how to talk about it. I don't know how to like break it down into the simplest words. I just know overall how it should feel when I do it. So I have to approximate it into something that can be communicated to others. And I kind of feel like that's what some of what we talked about last night with like somebody who asked me like, "What are your goals in line dance?" And I'm like, ah. It's not it's not the same as like step one, do this, step two, do that. It's more of an overall feeling of health in the line dance community. And what I would be doing are these little incremental moments of or projects of growth that add to the health of the community so that I am equipped to keep it all feeling fun and light and... Uh, community oriented and not like egoistic and whatever other negative things people might think could happen if um, if it goes the other direction so I can't really say like my goal is to instruct at this particular event because when that happens there are going to be like fireworks and someone's going to bring out a cake or like there's nothing really that happens exactly I just want to go to all these events and see all of these people that we like so much and and just feel that health of the environment because the way events feel when they are running smoothly and everybody's having a good time is better than like the real world like riding on a loud BART train for example like that's the real world when we're on our way to some event and the thing feels like it's screaming, like it's going to fly off the tracks at any moment. And we're surrounded by strangers and you're concerned about you know, whether your conversation is, first of all, even audible to the other person. And then when it gets quieter, whether it's too loud. And then you have to like watch for the guy who's in the far end of the train and he's like got these shifty looking eyes. And you wish that we could all just be friends and... Uh, one of the things that I didn't bring up in our conversation last night is that one of my favorite feelings is when you can talk to a complete stranger as though you're already friends. Like when you're able to say like, wow, let me take a look at your nails. Like that is super cool. Is that, that's that marbling. Did you do that yourself? Did you, did you like, you know, mix all the, the, the nail polish and then dip your finger in or did somebody else do it for you? Are those gel nails? And that's the kind of stuff that like, sorority sisters can do with each other because they've known each other for however you know two three years so they can just like grab somebody's hand and like look at it and rotate it and i like that feeling when it's a total stranger and you can do it or as you were mentioning you know, mentioning something about their earrings and you don't know their name you don't know where they've been you don't know what they did earlier that day and it's a risk every time. But at a line dance event, you can take for granted that that kind of stuff's okay. I wish I could have that feeling everywhere in the world. And, and not just for me. It's not like I need to be, you know, Mr. Super Popular who's got friends with you know, friend, friendships with everybody. I want all of the people around me to have that with each other, that level of comfort. And people at the table last night were telling us that there are parts of the country where it's like that, where you, you pull out of a parking spot and somebody waves and says, hey, have a good day. You don't know them, but like, I love that feeling. And since I, I don't know how to make that happen, other than the little things we do in our immediate environment, our little radius of hellos and you know, that's a great looking whatevers. Um, if, if I can't make that happen everywhere and make everybody friends with each other, then I want to go to where everyone is friends with each other and make sure that those friendships are uh, in, like encouraged and strengthened. And that's where 
I would want to help things run smoothly, be you know more involved in running the event or DJing a room that needs a DJ or decorating a room that needs decorations, um, checking wristbands so people feel safe, uh, choreographing dances so people have something new and fresh and fun to do, instructing so that they can feel confident in in whatever it was that they kind of tried to learn from a step sheet, but they need a little bit extra help with. Like any of those things that we can do to make that environment feel like a giant family of happy and uh, interactive people. Like that's what I want to do. And that's not really something that can easily be made into write downable goals. <laughs> it's just kind of a feeling that I want to have. Like the steps in my beginner dance. Everything is line dance, even line dance. Day 34. Those who attain any excellence commonly spend life in one pursuit, for excellence is not often gained upon easier terms. Samuel Johnson. No one can go to the highest level and remain a generalist. My dad used to say, find the one thing you do well and don't do anything else. I've found that to do well at a few things, I've had to give up many things, such as I can't know everyone. I'm a people person, but I have to restrict myself from spending time with lots of people and keep it to a strong inner circle of people. I can't do everything. Strive for excellence in a few things rather than a good performance in many. I can't go everywhere. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Keeping the ridiculously demanding schedule of a conference speaker takes a toll that must be limited. I can't be well-rounded. I tell people, 99% of everything in life I don't need to know about. I try to focus on the 1% that gives the highest return. The earlier you embrace a willingness to give up some of the things you love in order to focus on what has the greatest impact, the sooner you can dedicate yourself to excellence in what matters most and unleash the potential of focused thinking. What things do you need to give up so that you can dedicate yourself to excellence in what matters most? Sleep, eating, no, um, <laughs> pardon me. Um, I think for the most part, you and I have done a pretty good job over the last year and a half specifically of really gearing our lives towards our goals and evaluating what our priorities are and what we're trying to accomplish and really just setting setting the pieces where they need to be in order to help things line up. Um, I know we teach at a lot of different places and we've been taking new gigs. I know that instead of going out to eat on a regular basis, you know, we go to Costco and we buy, you know, food there and we look at things like oh well this could get this here or I can just make three or four scrambled eggs for the same price at home and I've already spent the money on the eggs so I might as well just go eat the eggs at home um, packing lunches is another thing to save the money uh, we've been looking at like some of the events I say events some of the dance things that we've been doing lately we've been carpooling and so with other people, so we've been kind of saving money that way. I was like, we definitely have tried <clears throat> and uh, sh shared hotel rooms with other people. And that saved us a pretty penny, which allowed us to get to one more event. Um, I know for the most part, you and I have in our calendars the... Uh, events that we're looking at attending for the next year and I know we have like we've looked at like saving the information and getting alerts from flights to these events um, so that we can buy them at their best cost and I know for me I have a job outside of all of the dance stuff that helps me pay for the little things I need and the little bills I have but for the most part, 
you know, my priorities are dance. And so I've just made that an actual priority because I love it the way I do. I've found the places that I can go and dance. I found the places I can go and teach and be a part of. And I have done the smart thing and talked to people who are where I want to be or who have been where I want to be and have sought their advice on how to improve and where I need to improve and how to get where I want to go since it obviously they figured it out and it worked for them um maybe just maybe something similar would work for me so I've certainly been doing that and I do know that with figuring out where I want to go and starting to set my life so that I really don't have an option but to go there has made me a much happier person. And I see little by little the progress I've made, which I think is crucial because a lot of times people don't see the progress they make. And so when they get that little bump in the road, they feel completely defeated. Like, well, what's the point? You know, I I obviously haven't made it any better or I'm not good at it or whatever their negative thought is and they can convince themselves out of it. Whereas me, I look at it and be like, what do you want? What do you want most? If nothing else, you're the one who has to look at yourself in the mirror. What can you live with? And there's been some really tough sacrifices and there's been some really easy sacrifices. Um, And you just kind of have to keep reminding yourself that this is towards what you want as long as you still want it. So at least that's my take on it. I think the way I've been approaching it is kind of as I described last night, just sort of trading up everywhere I can, upgrading, looking at my week as a chunk of colored blocks on Google Calendar. And really all you have is time. And eventually you run out of time. So what you do with those colored blocks is your life. Like that is what makes up your life. All the things that happen inside that little block over the course of the next several years. And if I'm looking at a block that I dread every week, then it's time to trade that one out. Find a way to upgrade to some other place that feels better or enough pay that you forget that it even is a problem or, uh, you know, if, if you have to take one that you dislike more and one that you really would prefer to keep, but the only way to get rid of one of them is to get rid of both of them so that you can swap them both out for something that covers both days or both hours, then that's something you have to do. Yeah. Eventually, you want all of these blocks to be exactly what you would choose to do in that time, allowing for things to come in that are unexpected opportunities, like an event. You know, sometimes leaving the blocks empty is the best course of action when you have a pretty good idea that it's going to get filled with something amazing. If you are just filling all your blocks all the time, and they're all pretty good things, but you don't have any room for anything else, then... They might be good blocks, but you'll wonder what could have filled that space if I had left room for it. And I don't want to live that way. I don't want to live with a bunch of like what ifs. You know? I, I like having the freedom to still explore and the flexibility to still change everything about my life like within a month if I had to or if I felt the need to. But I also know that it's important to a couple things be of service to people so fill the blocks with things that are meaningful to others and not just like okay i'm gonna set aside six hours for youtube because that's what i need like you know finding ways to put those blocks in uh, other people's life paths and also finding ways for the number associated with each of those to potentially steadily increase towards something that it's more worth I wouldn't say just arbitrarily try to upgrade all the prices if you are giving the same amount of quality because in theory, whatever it is you're doing during that hour, you are getting better at. And the better you get at it, the more it is worth and then the more uh, justified you feel in raising your rate on whatever that thing is. Very 
Yeah. So hopefully across the board, across the calendar, all those blocks are increasing in value financially, as well as increasing your value personally and increasing uh, your happiness subjectively, whichever block it happens to be. Yeah. And then as you raise all of those, by the time you get to the end of your life, you're like, wow, I pushed each of those to their limit. That was about the best life I could have managed for myself. It just kind of happened little by little. As my Taekwondo instructor used to say, inch by inch, it's a cinch. So you just uh, swap out, upgrade, and uh, you know, sacrifice where you have to so that the overall picture is a happy week and life. Day 35. Also about day 34. You can't know every dance, um, no. necessarily, because... As you are choosing to learn one dance, you are choosing during that same period of time to not review a dance that you may have learned a long time ago. And as you continue to choose to learn new dances or review your favorite dances, that is another day that passes that you have not reviewed an older dance or not learned some dance that you don't know. And every day more dances are coming out. So at some point, you just decide, you know, I'm probably not going to come back to this one, and that's okay. I gave it a shot. I saw how it felt in my body. I had the experience of it out in the ballroom. And that's really the last time I ever need to do that. You know, I don't need to prove anything by reviewing this one all the time just so I don't lose it when I could instead be learning this other one that could be way more fulfilling for me to do or more expressive for me to experience. So that would be another one of those sacrifice things. Day 35. The most valuable resource you bring to your work and to your firm is your creativity. More than what you get done, more than the role you play, more than your title, more than your output, it's your ideas that matter. Annette Moser-Wellman In one of my first college classes, after completing a profile that measured various natural talents, I remember being crushed by the results. I scored at the bottom of my class in creativity. I was studying to go out into the ministry, which I knew required creativity for speaking and writing. What was I going to do? Well, I thought if I don't have the innate ability to come up with creative thoughts myself, I'll mine the creative thoughts of others. By becoming a person always on the lookout for creative ideas, I learned to become a creative thinker myself. As another thinking skill you must learn, creative thinking is pure gold, no matter what you do for a living. If you're not as creative as you would like to be, you can change your way of thinking just as I did. Creative thinking isn't necessarily original thinking. Most often, creative thinking is a composite of other thoughts discovered along the way. Even the great artists learned from their masters, modeled their work on that of others, and gathered a host of ideas and styles to create their own work. Describe how you have defined creative thinking up until now. Has your definition left you feeling inadequate and intimidated by others? How can you change that? For those who didn't hear me in the far backgrounds, the answer is yep. Um, I have a hard time when it comes to being confident in my creativity because I want to contribute something so badly and so I put a lot of pressure on myself. So I guess that's one area in which I can adjust. Um, I think... I think finding a space in which you feel free and supported and encouraged allows you to get to a to a spot in yourself in which creative thinking becomes a little bit more natural. I'm directly referring to choreography at this moment. Um, I do know that there's many, many times that you can put on a track and you and I can just be in the same space and just kind of dance and see what happens and then you know go to each other and be like hey look check this out see how it feels see where it hits 
And for the most part, we're pretty good about receiving any type of feedback from there. Um, because I think we've built up that strong, trustful environment when we're together. And if you can find that within yourself, I think you're golden. I think if you can find a spot where you can be creative without judging yourself, I think that's going to be the real trick for me anyways. Because I want, I can't, I want whatever I do creatively to be good. I want it to be expressive. I want it to be inspirational. I want it to make some type of positive impact on somebody. And so I had a lot of expectations, which sets you up for disappointment as well when you're expecting that this is going to happen and it doesn't, it can be very discouraging. And so I think like that's another area I need to change is trying to go with the more general terms or general ideas and then just see where it takes me as opposed to wanting it to take me to place A. I think that's a big thing. What about you? Well, in response to what they're saying about feeling inadequate and intimidated by others, I don't think that that tends to happen with me. Then I also don't always share creative thoughts that I've had with the masses. And even if I do, I think my excitement about whatever it is sort of prevents anyone from saying, no, that's that's terrible idea. Why would you do that? Even if it's line dance in space. It might sound crazy, but I think it makes people think. I used to write down all kinds of thoughts and I I esteemed them highly enough to like commit them to paper. I thought it would be a waste to have a new thought that nobody's had before and then have it just evaporate. I didn't know what I was going to do with them all the time, but I thought it was important just to, that there be a record of it somewhere. I also see where they're talking about, you know, the composite of other thoughts discovered along the way. I see where we have been influenced by the people who we respect and admire in the line dance community. Really? Yeah. Like Rachel, we know, I mean the Rachel, butt that you did in bad girl Barbie, uh, which Joe also did in uh, lemonade, you know, little, little things that we've seen that were like, Ooh, I like the way that feels. And you know, this track that we're listening to right now, I bet that would feel really good in that spot there. We didn't come up with that idea ourselves, whatever the step is, we didn't even know it could be done. Like just think of how many, lives were changed by styles that you know Guyton and and uh, Scott brought in back in the day when nobody was thinking about that kind of stuff in that particular way if there was a lot of like grapevine and hitch and scuff and whatever they were bringing in things that seemed to be not even like of another genre but just like alien movements like Rebecca and Shane do that kind of stuff all the time and you wonder, like, what did they do with their bodies? Did they, like, just jump in a pool and flail around and say, oh, I like that flailing. When I was, like, you know, three feet under the surface and I was, like, trying to get back to back to the top, that thing that I did with my arms and my legs at the same time, that's totally a dance step. Because that's sometimes how it looks. But when you do it and it feels amazing, it's like, how did you know that was going to work? Did you just try everything and, like, throw out 49 of your 50 options or does your body just work that way that it finds that groove that slot where your limbs need to be to unlock the greatest emotional expression possible when we see them do those kinds of things it makes us look for those as well as opposed to what we might have done before say if we were coming out of the country bars and all we saw was a bunch of country, you know, pr- pretty standard looking country line dances with your Monterey turns and crossing shuffles and walk walks and kicks and things. We would have thought, okay, well, let's just take what we like from those and recombine them, which is fine. 
I mean, we did, I, I did the mashup back in the day based on 11 dances that I liked. I didn't create anything new, really. I just put them back to back over the course of a song. That was like the extent of my choreography at the time was just taking dances that already exist that somebody else came up with and put them together. Just like when you create a beginner dance and you're putting together beginner steps and hoping that it works with the music, kind of a similar thing. To have the ability to come up with something that nobody has done in a dance before, but the human body has always been capable of doing, that's amazing. And when you see that it's possible to come up with something original like that, it makes you want to go hunting and mining your own body for possibilities that you wouldn't have considered. Okie dokie. Day 36 with 10 minutes remaining in our special one hour episode. Um, that is happening this week because uh, of the difference in time change between the UK and the US. We're, we're pleased about this because our day has just been so full of great people and cars not starting and napping intermittently <laughs> before and after dancing. I think one hour is a really good length of time for this particular episode. Short and sweet. Like, uh, I might have mentioned this on a previous episode, but uh, it's like I've heard your essays are supposed to be um, like a, a good essay should should be like a, a mini skirt, uh, long enough to cover the topic, but short enough to keep things interesting. That's this episode. Day 36. Imagination is more important than knowledge. Albert Einstein. Are you a creative thinker? Perhaps you're not even sure what I mean. Consider some characteristics that creative thinkers have in common. Creative thinkers value ideas. Creative Creativity is about having lots of ideas. You will have ideas only if you value ideas. Explore options, because options provide the key to finding the best answer, not the only answer. Embrace life's ambiguities and often take delight in exploring those inconsistencies and gaps or in using their imagination to fill them. Ex celebrate the offbeat. Creativity, by its very nature, often explores off the beaten path and goes against the grain. Connect the unconnected. Once you begin to think you are free to collect, you ask yourself, what material relates to this thought? How is this somehow line dance? Once you have the material, you ask, what ideas can make the thought better? Then you ask, what changes can make these ideas better? Finally, you connect the ideas by positioning them in the right context to make the thought complete and powerful. Don't fear failure, because creativity equals failure. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being uncreative and 10 being highly creative, how creative is your thinking? Based on this list of characteristics, has your understanding of creativity changed? How so? And I will repeat this, this list of characteristics that creative thinkers have, just in case anybody out there is nodding off after an hour of hearing us talk. Creative thinkers value ideas. Creative thinkers explore options. Creative thinkers embrace life's ambiguities. Creative thinkers celebrate the offbeat. Creative thinkers connect the unconnected. Creative thinkers don't fear failure. One to ten. One to ten. That's, that's a tough one for me. Because I don't view myself as highly creative, but I love to create. So sometimes, sometimes I really, really have to get like the ball rolling. And then I can do things. Especially when it comes to line dance. Like outside line dance, I'm very craftsy. And I love doing, creating hair bows and I've loved um, 
designing shirt logos and I've loved uh, doing sewing projects and making blankets and crocheting hats and scarves and it's like that's where I'm really creative where I can get an idea of like a design and create it however line dance I think is still so new to me that both good and bad I don't see the end of the potential so it leaves a lot of room which is great but it also leaves a lot of room and trying to fill that can sometimes be tricky um I don't think creativity has changed. My understanding has changed. I think it's still just something that I put high stakes in. I think that's what it comes down to. Do you have any ideas? Yes. Scale of 1 to 10. I'm going to give myself either an 8 or a 9 because I'm a big weirdo. Uh, I value ideas, clearly, as we described my giant list of ideas that I have not always necessarily taken action on, but definitely have thought are worth something. Explore options is where I'm docking myself by at least a point because I don't know all the options. I'm not educated enough to see all the possibilities. And if I knew what options were out there, then I would have more to draw from. I would have a a larger library. And people like Shane, Rebecca, Fred, Guyton, Rachel, Joe, they've seen so many different styles and John, you know, technical things, Roy Verdonk, Roy Hidisabrodo, they have experimented with so many different pieces of music and collaborated with so many people that they know how many options there are. And as I mentioned, just a few years ago, our options were Grapevine, hitch, three-quarter turn, scuff, shuffle, whatever. So that's where I could definitely be more creative, is learn more and then use that somehow to combine with everything else. And I'll also give myself points on connect the unconnected, because like I said, big weirdo, line dance in space. Uh, Celebrate the offbeat. Ditto. Uh, Embrace life's ambiguities. That, I think, really shows in my early choreography where my rhythms were inconsistent. And I would do things like in Shine Anyway, which, for better or worse, is out there, um, ends on like a kick-kick with right kicking first, left kicks, and then, let's see, kick-kick, and then you like land on the left... And then you rock back on the right and you kick, kick. And it's weird. The weight is weird. It's all wrong for an actual line dance. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to distribute the weight out with like a coaster step or something. That would feel more natural. But at the time, my understanding of what line dances I knew was, well, if that's what everybody's doing, then I should do something different because my body can handle it. Like I can easily bounce forward from this landing. So why can't I just be different and be inconsistent with the rest of good line dances out there? Uh, If I were to look at it again today, I'd probably find some other way to do that. But at the time, I was embracing the inconsistency of everything about that dance. (laughs) Uh, Same thing with... um, the one that we did, or the one that I did, to the song West Coast by Lana Del Rey. It doesn't really fit one particular rhythm throughout, but I thought it felt good. And I liked that it was different in the beginning as in, from the, the middle and so on. So again, embracing life's ambiguities and taking delight in exploring the inconsistencies and gaps or using imagination to fill them in. At the end, don't fear failure. As long as I'm having fun, I'm not really worried about whether I'm going to fail at something because the winning is the fun. So whatever else that's not winning, like some trophy or title, meh, what am I going to do with that? I'm not going to have like fun 
juggling my trophy or something, you know, it, it's the doing that's important. Especially if it's a weird dance or a dance based on a song from several decades ago that people are not expecting. That is fun. Okie dokie. looks like we have five minutes left. We could go into another one, but that would give us 37. That's a weird number. What would you like to say about our dancing experiences of this past weekend slash week? <laughs> I think... For starters, how was college night at Stoney's last night? Besides humid. (laughs) And hot and exhausting. Um, I'm going to have to not comment on college night. Um, I think most of my successes and using creativity can go back to different ways of keeping people engaged um, different ways of expressing myself while dancing and coming up with new lesson plans so keeping people engaged that is going to be along the same lines that we've heard many people say and I say many people people like Joe say yes Guyton say maybe um keep keeping people interactive people checking in with them while you're giving them a lesson um getting their feedback finding fun new ways to interact with them I think has been a fun challenge for me. And I think I have gotten a little bit better each time because I've tried not to repeat myself. And although I have obviously repeated myself a few times, um, I look to keep things fresh. So I try in that. Oh, what was my second bookmark? Lesson plans? That was the third. Meh. Well, I guess I can go to the third while I try and remember what the other one was. Um, keep lessons plans is coming up with new music that I think the particular group would like and then finding a dance suited to them or a dance that would push them a little bit. Um, I think that's the that's a big thing in keeping things fresh and entertaining. Um, and sometimes you have to be a little creative as to what you bring in. Uh, sometimes it's a matter of like a dance that has a weird step. And sometimes it's a matter of a dance that goes to a weird song and getting creative with things or realizing that you need to slow things down. So you're going to teach a slower dance versus you need to speed things up and you're going to teach a a faster dance. Um, I think that's where I've figured out a pretty successful routine. And I know we definitely have a successful plan between you, myself and Jeff, um, in how we run our Thursday night teaches, We've definitely become really creative with that in the fact that we teach a minimum of four dances each and not in any one set schedule either, which is nice. Um, That allows things to kind of flow and figure out each night's individuality. And I think that's been a real big success. And you have to be kind of creative as to which dances you're going to bring in. I remember the other one, which was like being creative, um, at least where I was going with it, is like being creative in my dancing. Um, that's going to be like the variations and how I interpret songs and pushing my own limits of more than just like taking out a turn or adding turns, but like feeling where music stops 
and maybe pausing or adding extra um, beats, adding you know, like an extra couple triple steps in there and you still end up on the same foot uh, situations and really just hearing the lyrics and maybe playing with those. And that, I feel, has increased my dancing being able to be creative and playful on the dance floor. I think that's really pushed me as an individual as well. Because I'll see people like Rachel or Roy play and you're just inspired, but you don't want to copy them. So you have to find your own. And I think that's where I've really focused a lot of my energy on is figuring out how I can play with something as opposed to, oh yeah, it's this dance on the third wall. I always do an t- extra turn here. And it then just kind of becomes part of the dance as opposed to a variation for you. Um, that that can get you stuck. And so I always try and, and change things around. And when I catch myself falling into that repetition, I try and change it. So... <coughs> I think we've had a good variety of dance experiences this past week with Alex, Jackie, and Kat, and Keith last night at Stoney's, and then, let's see, what was that, Wednesday? What did we do on Tuesday? Tuesday we just hung out. Tuesday we hung out. Did some teaching of, of dances that they had wanted to learn on Wednesday. We went to Dolly's um, intermediate class on Wednesday morning at the Rona Park Senior Center. Uh, Of course, I have my weekly senior class at Brookdale Senior Living on Monday evening. We didn't have line dance club because the campus is on spring break. I think the previous Saturday we had gone to Country Quick Steppers. Was that right? For their St. Patrick's uh, themed event. That is correct. We brought a new person too. That's true. Melissa was a first-time attendee of one of the Quick Steppers events. I think we're definitely looking at all of line dance. So one of the things that came up in conversation last night was like not just looking at circuit like it's the be-all, end-all. It's the only line dance that's important or matters or anything like that. Mm-hmm. There are still the bars and what can be what fun can be found there. And the difference between going to your home bar versus someplace out of town that you've never been. There are the community centers, the senior centers all the in-betweens, like Sonoma State Line Dance Club. There's so much to experience in line dance. And I think we do a good job of maintaining a balance. If anybody can think of a place where there is line dance and we haven't seen it yet, or we haven't seen that field or genre of it, I know we still have to check out solo line dance. That's some somewhere down the road. You have solo line dance to get further into for competition at UCWDC. Yeah, if you have any ideas out there, if they're line dancing secretly up at the International Space Station and they just haven't told us, I would like to know what steps they've come up with so that I may join them in line dance in space. Uh, the time is now several minutes over time, and uh, we are going to move things back into the hands of our DJ cohorts on Move Radio, move-radio.com. You may have uh, heard of them from their jingle, The Dancing Sounds of MoveRadio.com. They're very English over there. Uh, Thank you all yet again for tuning in this week, whatever week this is actually being posted and you're listening to it. Thank you for uh, listening to us talk. Oh, and a special shout-out to Peter Bleskowski of kickit.to a depository of line dance step sheets we did some exploring on the site this week and uh, i have my my unlimited access uh, privileges currently in effect having supported the site through the recommended donation of i think 20 bucks something like that for the whole year so i can do all kinds of fun things with um Dances known, dances that you've taught, uh, dances that you've learned, 
all these great ways that you can take information relevant to your life and like play with it and make your life easier. Like there are a lot of things that are possible on this site that I just haven't seen in other places. And, um, yeah, I'd recommend people check it out. Like I remember the first time I saw it, it was a while, while back, like years back, probably 2015. And, I wasn't really sure how to navigate the site. It looks very intuitive these days in terms of like how the menus are structured and how you click on this and it does the thing that you're expecting it would do. Uh, search function is very easy to um, add information to and select the correct results from. So I'd recommend people check it out if you haven't already seen it. Um, Kickit.to. I know that a lot of us use other step sheet sites depending whatever it was you were first exposed to that's probably the one that you use i know line dancer has a whole bunch of uh, step sheets on their site and uh, copper knob of course is very popular in search results whenever you search for any line dance copper knob is very quick to pop up um yeah go check out kick it lots changed cool stuff is going on and i definitely plan to make more use of the additional features that their site offers that uh you just wouldn't find anywhere else, thanks to the hard work and efforts of Mr. Peter Bliskowski. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Line Dance Podcast on Move Radio with Christopher Gonzalez and... Megan Barcelia. Until this weekend, for many of you, when we go to Boogie Till the Cows Come Home in Corning, California. Woo! Or next weekend after that, uh, where, where we'll be at Boston Showdown. Woo! Megan and I will be very happy to... See you on the dance floor. floor.